Welcome to the Story King Podcast, where great stories are read, discussed, and given their due honor. I'm your host, John Carlo, and today we will be talking about the Oscar nominations. So first off, let me give you the list of films up for Best Picture. We have Ford vs. Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. For Best Director, we have Martin Scorsese for The Irishman, Todd Phillips for Joker, Sam Mendes for 1917, Quentin Tarantino for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Bong Joon-ho for Parasite. For Best Actor in a Leading Role, there's Antonio Banderas for Pain and Glory, Leonardo DiCaprio for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Adam Driver for Marriage Story, Joaquin Phoenix for Joker, and Jonathan Price for The Two Popes. In the Best Actress in a Leading Role category, there's Cynthia Erivo for Harriet, Scarlett Johansson for Marriage Story, Saoirse Ronan for Little Women, Charlize Theron for Bombshell, and Renee Zellweger for Judy. In the writing category, we have for Best Adapted Screenplay, Stephen Zalian for The Irishman, Taika Waititi for Jojo Rabbit, Todd Phillips for Joker, Greta Gerwig for Little Women, and Anthony McCartan for The Two Popes. And for Best Original Screenplay, we have Ryan Johnson for Knives Out, Noah Baumbach for Marriage Story, Sam Mendes for 1917, Quentin Tarantino for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Bong Joon-ho and Han Jin Wan for Parasite. I may have completely mangled up the pronunciation for some of those names, by the way, so forgive me if I have. And there are, of course, a lot of other Academy Award categories, but these are the only ones I'm focusing on today. I went ahead and watched every single film we're going to talk about today, with the exception of Pain and Glory with Antonio Banderas. So my thoughts on Best Actor in a Leading Role will not reflect his performance, because I didn't see it. But what I'm going to do is tell you what I think of each film and then let you know which movie I think should win and which one I think will actually win. There will be some spoilers, but not too many. I'm not breaking any of these films down scene by scene or doing any kind of critical analysis. That said, there will be some spoilers here and there. Nothing major, I'll keep it light. So first up, Jojo Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit was a surprisingly charming film, very funny, I had no idea what to expect going into it, I hadn't read anything about it, so I was completely taken aback when I realized it had this Mel Brooks parody vibe to it. It's about this 10-year-old German boy named Jojo, who is an absolute Nazi fanatic. A very funny Hitler is even his imaginary friend throughout the film. The movie starts out where he goes to this weekend training camp that's sort of like a Nazi Boy Scout situation. What Jojo does not know is that his mom is hiding a Jewish girl in the walls of their house. Her name is Elsa. So the movie, amongst other things, is really about the development of Jojo's and Elsa's relationship. There is a shocker of a scene in there, nothing graphic but unexpected nonetheless. But again, a very fun and charming movie to watch. It was hilarious, but packed a lot of truth in its humor. Definitely encourage everyone to check it out. Next one I watched was The Irishman. So right off the bat, the first thing to notice about this film is that it's painfully long. I'm a big Martin Scorsese fan. He doesn't really do short movies, but still, three and a half hours was too much for me to do in one sitting, and it took me an hour and a half just to even get into it. So I felt the second half was much better. It's about the disappearance of Jimmy Hoffa, played by Al Pacino. The main character is really Frank Sheeran, played by Robert De Niro. He's the Irishman. 
And Joe Pesci plays mobster Russell Buffalino. So all three of my favorite tough guys are in this movie. I really wanted to love it the same way I loved Goodfellas and so many other Scorsese films, but I just didn't. The first half I found myself sort of just trudging along. A lot of backstory for Frank Sheeran, as the movie is really about him. Definitely picked up, but I think my overall apathy of the film might have to do with the subject matter itself. Jimmy Hoffa was just before my time, so it was never anything I was very interested in. The movie is based on a non-fiction book called I Heard You Paint Houses, which is mafia talk for I Heard You Kill People. And if you don't know anything about Hoffa, he was this teamster union leader that was connected to the mob and disappeared in 1975. His body was never found. It remained an unsolved crime. So this movie, and the book it's based off of, attempts to tell the story of his disappearance, and it's all very believable and plausible. So you should see it if the whole Jimmy Hoffa thing interests you, but you better block off three and a half hours of your life or be prepared to watch it in two sittings. For me, it got good after Hoffa was released from prison. The movie really picks up from that point, and again, not Scorsese's best, in my opinion. Moving right along, the next movie I watched was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Another long one, but this is definitely classic Tarantino. Like Scorsese, he too generally makes long films, so no surprises there. Leonardo DiCaprio plays this western action movie and television actor who's sort of in the process of being washed up. His stunt double buddy, played by Brad Pitt, drives him around places and basically hangs out all day while his friend is on set. DiCaprio gives a stellar performance, but I really loved Brad Pitt's character. Both are super funny in their own right. I found myself waiting for that trademark disturbing violent scene Quentin Tarantino puts in every one of his films. I was trying to brace myself for it so it would be less shocking when it came. Even with my calculated anticipation, Tarantino still managed to shock me when the scene arrived. Not his best film to date in my opinion, but definitely a solid addition to the Tarantino canon. After that I watched Marriage Story with Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson. This could have easily been called Divorce Story, that's basically what it's about. The movie shows the unraveling of this marriage and the fallout that happens as a result and how they both have to navigate their post-married relationship for the sake of their young son in the midst of all the ugly legal details. It's an emotionally intense film, the acting is incredible on all fronts, you really feel for these characters. Both Ray Liotta and Lauren Dern play these cutthroat lawyers that you just love to hate. They're the exact kind of lawyer you want representing you. They were a lot of fun to watch. And the movie did a good job making sure the viewer didn't see either the husband or the wife as the sole perpetrator, the bad guy, if you will. They both definitely had their faults and good traits, as we all do. And I think that's why the movie was so intense and so good. They're really relatable. My wife and I noticed some things that we felt were a little off, certain weird interactions and whatnot, but that's being nitpicky. I think overall it was a great film and worthy of the nomination. The next one I watched was Parasite. This one was such a surprise, wildly entertaining. The only thing you'll have to put up with is the fact that it's all in Korean, so you have to read subtitles for the duration of the film. But once you get into it, man, it's a good one. It has this Coen Brothers vibe to it, so if you like them, you might dig this movie. It's super funny and super shocking at points. It's about this poor family, a mother, a father, and their young adult son and daughter that swindle their way into the lives of a rich family under the false pretense of being the help in various capacities. That's all I'll say about it for the time being. Maybe I'll come back to it in a future episode to really analyze and break it down. I did have a little problem with the ending and how everything was resolved, basically with Act 3, but not enough to let it ruin the movie for me. So again, if you're a Coen Brothers fan, meaning you like their brand of dark humor and violence, and you can deal with two hours of subtitles, definitely check this one out. Otherwise, you might want to skip it. I loved it, though. After that, I watched Ford vs. Ferrari. 
Now, I'm not really into car racing, but this movie was so exciting. A lot of fun. It's two and a half hours long, but it didn't feel like it. I was locked into it for the whole ride. Matt Damon and Christian Bale give powerhouse performances. It's based on the true story of Carol Shelby and Ken Miles being hired by Henry Ford II to build the Ford GT40 in order to race and beat Ferrari at the 1966 24 Hours of Le Mans race in France. So again, fun family movie, something everybody can watch and enjoyable whether you're into car racing or not. Great American story. I then watched 1917. This is a fantastic war movie. Tension from beginning to end, super intense. It's about these two British soldiers during World War I. They're sent on a mission to deliver a message to another group of British soldiers. They have to tell them not to attack because they'd be walking into a trap. But these two guys have a very limited time to deliver the message, and they have to travel through enemy territory and so forth. And to make things even more pressing, one of the soldiers has a brother that would be involved in the attack and will most likely be killed if the attack isn't stopped. So the film is filled with this constant state of urgency. This is up there with the best of them, Saving Private Ryan, Hacksaw Ridge, and so forth. I could definitely see this one winning, but part of me wants something else to win, at least for Best Picture. I just feel giving it to a war movie is like reaching for the low-hanging fruit. I mean, the tension is already built into the situation. The stakes are always high in a war. Every moment is a matter of life and death. So I don't know. I just feel war movies are easy wins. But it's all very well done, the acting and cinematography are great, and if it does win, no surprise there. After this, I watched Bombshell. This is based on the real-life story of Gretchen Carlson suing Fox News founder Roger Ailes for sexual harassment, which causes Megyn Kelly to come forward along with a bunch of other women also mistreated by this man. I wasn't crazy about the film, but it did do a good job showing how toxic an environment can get when there's no accountability and the horrendous, inappropriate propositions offered to women to advance their careers in that industry. I thought Margot Robbie and Charlize Theron both did great jobs, but probably my least favorite out of the movies I've mentioned so far. After that, I watched Little Women. I expected to really hate this one. I'll be honest with you, I never had any interest in reading the novel by Louisa May Alcott. And I sort of just figured it would be mind-numbingly boring to watch as a film, but I ended up getting into it, actually. Saoirse Ronan gave a fantastic performance as Joe March. It was a beautifully shot film, touching at times, heartbreaking at others. Again, I never read the book, so for those of you who have, you might think something entirely different about the film, as movies tend to not live up to their book counterparts. But I really enjoyed it a lot, more than I thought I would. Then I watched Joker. Now, this was a crazy movie. Joaquin Phoenix was absolutely amazing in it. I told my wife before I watched it that I thought I was pretty much done with the whole Batman franchise, but this really stood on its own two feet as a separate story. They, of course, tied in Batman, but it was subtle. It was obviously not Batman's story. The film was dark. It's gritty. It's violent. Creepy. Nuanced. I mean, they really do a good job at painting the psychotic landscape of the Joker's mind. And the whole look of the film is cool, too. It's only dark in content, but it's a cinematically rich film. A lot of big shots of cityscapes. There's a lot to appreciate, though I will give you this fair warning. It's a bit disturbing. I remember reading articles with titles like Joker opens to heavy police presence at movie theaters. And after watching it, I was like, oh, yeah, that makes perfect sense. I can see how this movie could be a trigger for certain people with mental issues. So there you go. Good, but disturbing. You've been warned. After this, I went on Netflix and watched The Two Popes. This was about when Pope Benedict Ratzinger was about to resign and about his relationship with Pope Francis, how they disagreed on nearly everything and how they ultimately became friends. 
It's a beautiful looking film. I mean, a lot of it is shot in Vatican City, so the setting is already this epic place. Jonathan Price is up for Best Actor for playing Pope Francis, and Pope Benedict is played by the great Anthony Hopkins. It's a slow movie, so don't watch it if you're tired, but I did find it interesting. Then I watched Harriet. This is the incredible story of the great Harriet Tubman. I was familiar a little bit with her story and her work with the Underground Railroad, but this film brought to light a lot of things I really had no idea about. As soon as it was over, I, of course, immediately started Googling stuff to fact-check the movie, and a lot of things I was questioning turned out to be true. For instance, Harriet's skull was cracked when she was 13, when an overseer threw a two-pound iron of some sort that hit her head. She suffered from seizures and narcolepsy from that point on, and would get these visions and premonitions she said were from God, and she would really rely on that voice of God to guide her during her brave endeavors and rescue missions. It's a very cool story. Harriet Tubman is like superhero tough in this movie. She carries a gun with her everywhere she goes. She rescued over 70 slaves herself and then was part of a military mission that helped rescue hundreds more. And what I also liked about it is that it's not extremely graphic. So even though they depict the brutality of slavery, they're not overdoing the images of that brutality. It's rated PG-13 after all. So if you want to show your middle schooler a film about some history of slavery that doesn't have any graphic violence in it, this is a good one to start with. After this movie, I watched Judy, starring Renee Zellweger. This is the sad and tragic story of Judy Garland, and it's tragic because her childhood was pretty much stolen from her, being thrust into the Hollywood spotlight at such a young age. Hollywood executives, I presume, forced her to take appetite suppressants so she wouldn't eat and gain weight, as well as uppers and downers in order to keep her productive, but also to make sure she slept when she was supposed to. So she became addicted to these pills at a young age and remained so until her death. The movie itself was okay, not my favorite on the list for Best Actress in a Leading Role, but speaking of which, Renee Zellweger knocked it out of the park. She was really amazing. And lastly, I watched Knives Out. This is just a classic whodunit murder mystery, and it was interesting to hear Daniel Craig speaking with a deep southern accent. He was great, very fun movie. Okay, so after watching all these films, 14 in all I believe, what are my thoughts and how do I think the awards will play out? Let's go over each category I mention, and I'll give you my personal pick along with who I think the Oscar will actually go to. For best pick, my first choice would be Jojo Rabbit. I just really love that film. It's funny, it's provocative, and somehow manages to be moving at the same time. My second choice would be Parasite. I think they're going to give the Oscar to 1917. There's a lot of talk about The Irishman, but I think 1917 will get it. Nothing wrong with that. It's a great film. But like I said, I'd love for them to go a different route and surprise us, not upset us, but just pick something wild and different. Because so much of Jojo Rabbit is a comedy, I don't think it stands a chance for best pick. Parasite has a better chance, and it's interesting that it's a foreign film, I just don't think it will win. For best directing, I would give it to Sam Mendes for 1917, and I think he's going to get it as well. All the choices are great in this category, The Irishman, Joker, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. Can't be mad if any of those win, but I think 1917 is going to rightfully edge them out a bit. For Best Actor in a Leading Role, again, I didn't see Pain and Glory, so my thoughts do not reflect Antonio Banderas' performance, but judging by the rest of them, my choice would be Joaquin Phoenix for Joker. My second choice would be Adam Driver for Marriage Story. But again, Phoenix was on some next-level stuff with his performance. So he's not only my choice, but I'd be very surprised if the Oscar doesn't go to him. I think he's going to win it. For Best Actress in a Leading Role, my first choice would have to be Renee Zellweger for Judy. My second choice would be Cynthia Erivo for Harriet. 
And I think Arivo will get the Oscar. She was amazing as well. I just think Zellweger should take it home this time. I apparently saw all the films up for editing as well. We have Ford vs. Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, and Parasite. For this one, my pick is Yang Jinmo for Parasite. I could see him actually winning as well, but the Oscar might go to Michael McCusker and Andrew Buckland for Ford vs. Ferrari. I imagine a car racing film takes a lot of attention to detail to edit properly, so I guess we'll see with that one. And lastly, in the writing department, for Best Original Screenplay, the nominees are Knives Out, Marriage Story, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. It really needs to go to Bong Joon-ho for Parasite. Such a unique and wild story. Nothing wrong with the others, but that one is my pick, and I think it has a good chance of winning as well. For Best Adapted Screenplay, the nominees are The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, and The Two Popes. Now, I haven't read the books that any of these films are based off of, so my choice is not dependent on how it compares to the book counterpart, but more about the writing itself. In other words, I'm sort of judging them as though they were original stories. So that said, my personal pick for that one is Taika Waititi, probably pronouncing that wrong, for Jojo Rabbit. And I think this is where Jojo Rabbit might take home an Oscar. We'll see. So that's it for my thoughts on the Oscars. You can watch the Academy Awards live on Sunday, February 9th at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Let's see how my predictions stand up. And as always, if you yourself have written a story you'd like me to read on the show, or if you have a writing prompt for me to write a story, please email storykingpodcast at gmail.com. If I like it, I just might use it. Try to keep your story between one to 3,000 words. Again, that's storykingpodcast at gmail.com. And if you'd like to be a part of what we're doing on The Story King, please consider becoming a patron. You can visit my page at www.patreon.com forward slash The Story King. The link will be in the show notes. If you're not familiar with Patreon, it's a very practical and tangible way to support your favorite content creators so they have the resources they need to continue producing more great content. I have three monthly subscription tiers you can choose from on Patreon of $5 a month, $10 a month, and $20 a month option. Any of those will give you immediate access to exclusive content and more. So please consider becoming a Story King patron. You can check out the details of those subscription tiers on my page, patreon.com forward slash the Story King. Please follow us on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. The links are in the show notes. And if you're enjoying the show, please subscribe on iTunes or the medium of your choice and leave a positive review. That would really help the show out. Currently, I'm on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, Google Play, and looking to get into some more markets. I'll keep you posted on that. Thank you for listening to the Story King podcast, where great stories are read, discussed, and given their due honor. Please join us next time. Until then. Until then.